0: Welcome back to OWC Radio. I'm your host, Serena Catania. Part of what I'd like to do here is to introduce you to top level C suite executives who do good in the world. Larry O'Connor is more than the founder and CEO of the successful Otherworld Computing. He spends much of his time and a huge chunk of the profits from OWC's business endeavors on issues that he believes need to be addressed in the world. He believes in helping the planet and everyone and everything that inhabits it. I enjoyed this interview because it's a discourse on regenerative agriculture, which is a new way to farm, and which the movie exec produced by Larry, Kiss the Ground, highlighted during and following its release. A new sequel, Common Ground, has recently been released, and I encourage you to search for it or you can go to kisstheground.com for more information. But what is regenerative agriculture and why is it important to all of us? This kind of subject is always in debate, but as we dig further, we find that perhaps the old way of tilling the soil may very well not be the best for soil health. This type of farming places emphasis on that health, which in turn produces more food with higher nutritional value. According to proponents of this theory, more carbon is stored in the ground and biodiversity flourishes. And that's good for the farmers, for us, and for Mother Earth. So take a break from your tech tasks, from scrolling, and listen in to one of our country's top business owners as he discusses why he got involved in films such as Kiss the Ground and Common Ground. Stay tuned for another fascinating interview on OWC Radio with Larry O'Connor.
1: There's so much bad news about our planet, it's so overwhelming. Truth is, I've given up. This is the story of a simple solution, a way to heal our planet. The solution is right under our feet. And it's as old as dirt.
0: All of our soils that are under chemical conventional agriculture are almost completely devoid of microorganisms.
1: Modern agriculture was not designed for the betterment of the soil. Fossil fuels are by no means the only thing that is causing climate change. When we damage soils, carbon goes back to the atmosphere. But when we destroy soil, it releases carbon dioxide. Biosequestration is using plants, trees, and techniques of grazing and farming to capture carbon and store it in the soil. We can fix a lot of our climate issues if we bring the CO2 down into a living. So,
0: Larry, I'm sitting here and watching how excited you get talking about all of this. And I'm thinking about how creative you are as well and how you have married everything that you're doing with the tech side of the company and brought in things like, well, I'm specifically thinking of the movie Kiss the Ground, which you've spent a lot of time on. Can you bring us up to date on what that is and what is happening with it currently?
1: Sure, Kiss the Ground, I'm really happy to have the opportunity to serve on the board with Kiss the Ground. So there's the movie, which has done an amazing job of getting getting the word out and giving people a, a great vehicle to really understand what regenerative agriculture is yeah, and get away from the hype and away from, you know, selling this or selling that. The core of Kiss the Ground and it's really important for the organization is something to be getting the word out and now working with the U.S. Farm Bill and actually getting testimony in front of Congress. First farmers and next us are the the primary beneficiaries of anything that's in the regenerative agriculture direction. This is a big subject where they really wrap around. Historically speaking, I mean, we live in the best days you know they have ever been. I mean, we have challenges from AI. We have challenges from culture you like know poverty levels more all these things clean air clean water if you look at you know the past 100 years it's pretty crazy how much things have improved that doesn't mean that we still don't need to continue to improve mm-hmm. and address things to prevent us from you know cliffing i mean that's the other aspect i mean do we if we screw things up past a certain point i mean we may be improving in all these different ways but yes we we don't want to go over that cliff and regenerative agriculture to me is a huge huge do i say it's a solution to ensure that we have a, a great slope forward. I you know, talk about you know, different technologies and different issues. I mean, every day we're reading about headlines that you know are doom and gloom. And then we read about new technologies that are going to save the world. And <laughs> the oldest technology in the world, God given, is quite frankly, everything that goes in the regenerative agriculture. And it's kind of a disruptive threat to you know, the way things have been kind of advanced and. In government and, and our economy, because you don't have, you know, some tech company that is lobbying for regenerative agriculture. In a lot of cases, you're reducing costs. You're reducing, I mean, the cost is actually to the people making herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, even seed, because regenerative agriculture is proving that less seed is required to produce the same amount of output per acre because it grows better in soil, this living soil animal integration is a tough message right now we're blaming you know they blame cows for a big chunk of the the greenhouse gas and there's truth in that the truth is cows raised on feedlots fed subsidized GMO corn and soy are really bad they're also bad for our health however cows that are pasture raised that eat natural or grass-fed grass finished actually are a key component in saving our soil and saving our planet they're carbon negative it's nuts. It's breaking the conventions. And the farmers are, you know, kind of at, at the whim of a lot of forces that are beyond their control. This is not a political thing. I mean, it's so nuts. I don't even like the political side of this is you think I don't a,
0: understand it either. I don't understand. And you know what? I'm so glad you're saying that. Because cows on the range, grass fed, grass finished. That's mm-hmm. the important sentence too. Grass fed, grass finished. Those cows actually, they don't. Chew the entire grass up, right? They just eat the top of it. It's like they mow it down, and then when the seeds land in 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 during the seed season, there they trample them into the ground so that they grow faster and grow better.
1: They fertilize. They aerate.
0: Yes, it's amazing. Well, we have to get the filmmakers of Kiss the Ground on here. So we can spend a whole hour just really talking about what regenerative farming is. And I can imagine the looks on these farmers' faces when you go in and you go, you say, hey, you don't need to till the earth anymore. There's a better way to do it. Am I understanding it right? I want to know more about it, too.
1: Common Ground is coming out. It'll be widely released on the, the PR side. And it'll be another step in, in just showing people you know, how how nature really works, you know, how, again, to be God-given gifts work. And farmers are, are coming around because they have to. I mean, we have issues with, you know, topsoil loss is real. And I mean, it's from flooding, it's from mm-hmm. you know, wind erosion, all sorts of aspects that are symptoms of modern farming. And it's so counterintuitive. I mean, I was raised to believe in a garden, all you wanted growing were rows of what you planted. And anything else that was around that better be destroyed. I mean, it should be mm-hmm. bare ground. Dirt to soil is a He's a leader in regenerative agriculture today. And now he's, I mean, he's helping other farmers convert and he's got nourished by nature where you can actually buy a regeneratively raised meats and stuff. But going to the point, I mean, this is somebody who, because he was facing, you know, really a failure of his farm with costs and other things, you know, with bad weather, you know, who slowly transitioned from conventional to regenerative and at every step along the way, oh my gosh. Now, I use less fertilizer, and my stuff is growing better. I've got cover crops. We're in a drought, and the farms around us are really performing poorly. But because of our cover, we actually have more moisture content, and our crops are actually doing well. All these things, I mean, it's so counterintuitive. Funguses and other things you know, that are part of the, the biome of the ground, they're important. Fertilizer. I don't know. This, this is nuts. I mean, when you don't use fertilizer, when you're not just putting that nitrogen plug in the ground, the plants actually, I mean, they they communicate with the biome. They support the biome. There's a trade-off, give me these nutrients, and I I, I give you this stuff, and they're sequestering more carbon that way. But by supporting the biome, when our vegetables, when the things that are growing on those plants are being filled out, there's other nutrients that those plants call on that are really necessary for us to have nutrient-dense food. Yeah. When you don't use fertilizer, that biome is healthy in the ground because it's being provided for along the way. And when those other nutrients, other than just plain old nitrogen are requested, the biome is there to provide. And the biome is there when it's not in the topsoil, it's breaking down. And I may have the wrong term here, but it's midsoil. It's the next layer of soil where there's harder rock. It's not topsoil. It's not in a accessible form. And that biome begins to break down the next layer of soil to create new topsoil. We broke that cycle when we went, you know, hard conventional and started putting all these chemicals on our land. And over the last 30 years, especially, I mean, it's just insane the amount of pesticides and herbicides and everything we started dumping on our crops, even using pesticides to help speed the drying of crops. GMO could have been a wonderful thing, but we use GMO for, unfortunately, at least in this country, was to allow the use of more chemicals as opposed to using natural uh, factors that make the plants more hardy. You know, it's like anything else. I mean, I, I won't make comparisons. I'm never, I will avoid analogies. You know, when we first started dumping stuff on our land, you know, we had healthy soil. We had soil that, even if we killed the soil, was nutrient-dense. And now it takes an unbelievable amount of fertilizer. It takes you know, all these inputs. And regenerative agriculture disrupts that. And in the process of doing so, we sequester carbon at a rate that allows us to begin recapture without doing these artificial sequestration devices and things that are very inefficient, very energy intensive, and have a very low net carbon result, so to speak, versus what agriculture does for free when it's growing us our food. But cover crops prevent runoff. I mean, you, there's a we got a uh, farmer in Indiana, seven thousand acres. He's saving almost two million a year. And reduced inputs, reduced fuel. Not using less diesel because I mean you got to spread this stuff. You got to you're running over the uh, over the land. They, they use these inputs, but almost two million dollars a year they're saving in inputs. And now they have land that produces more calories per acre, more consistently, with more consistency, more predictably. And when the rainstorm comes in, before half an inch of rainfall in a in a in an hour, just a half inch of rain in one hour could cause topsoil to run off. Absolutely today. They do tests, I mean, they come out with the fire department, they can throw 20 inches an hour on that land, and it's been armored. It has cover. It can absorb more of that water, It holds more of that water in a way that's usable, and the top sort of doesn't run off. The beauty of nature, what God gave us, yeah. it can come back. It doesn't mean this world does not need us to fix it. We just need to take advantage of what's been given to us so that we can let things repair. We're not going to stop using carbon-based fuels tomorrow, or oil in general. We're going to continue to reduce. We're definitely on a great path, but that doesn't fix the problem that we've done to this point. Fixing agriculture actually does. I got to see some really cool radar images in Arizona where there's a giant swath of land that's been converted to regenerative where they have well cover crop. The guy that bought it, it used to be his family's land. he made it big in crypto and he came back and said I'm going to buy my family's land back and I'm going to turn in the regenerative land. And what was neat about the the radar images, what we've done in farming, because we've basically stripped the land, you just have rows and dirt and uh, generates a lot of heat because there's not cover. Vegetation naturally reduces the temperature. So look how much farmland we have that's we've stripped the vegetation of. Yeah, yeah. Back to a cover crop, going back to uh, a properly what nature intended, where even though you have things growing other than your crop, you actually have better water retention, more available uh, water in the less irrigation use. Weather- is, high, you know, 60% of our rainfall comes from the oceans. The other 40% is local vegetation. When you, on a mass scale, strip out the vegetation and, and or thin it, you're having a macro environmental impact, macro climate impact in that area. And we're this regenerative, this big swath of land has been brought back to regenerative you know, methods and full cover crop. And the clouds come over this area of land and it rains awesome. and it rains a little bit in the peripheral, but the farms around it that are conventional. They get the edge and they don't get anything. You can see it on radar, you can see it in person, and it's nuts because you have that, I guess, that interface, that literally that natural interface, and they get rainfall where others don't. And that rainfall wasn't there you know, just a few years ago before the, this, this land was converted. We have our, all these artificial solutions to things. And the worst, again, I think are these, even the thought of doing these massive carbon sequestration. Now, there are industrial uses for, uh, for carbon dioxide, for cooling, dry ice and such. It absolutely makes sense to to collect CO2 for industrial purposes Efficient. I mean, that's the most efficient place to collect it. Mm-hmm. But to do it beyond uh, the commercial needs that we have, it's far more efficient to invest in our farmland, in nature in general. And make, that is where we get the, uh, I mean, that's where we get benefits potentially affect climate change, affect our uh, oceans. I mean, we reduce inputs, we reduce runoff. You know, there's that big old seaweed you know, surge that's coming into Florida right now. That's right. uh, because of agriculture runoff That's you know goes all the way out to the Amazon. If this sawgrass grows from all the nitrogen that's in the water, all this runoff, fertilizer runoff, it clumps up, it releases, floats out the sea. And it's not just messing up. I mean, he said it's just tourism. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the tourism I'd worry about. It's what it does, and you know, when it lands, it's, it acidifies the water. It kills coral. It kills local sea life, in general. And it's affecting you know, not just Florida. It's affecting the entire Caribbean. It's scary bad stuff, and it's stuff that we can get rid of. And again, it's I know it's counterintuitive, but it's kind of like I don't know. Well, if you've never had coffee before and you, you drink a cup of coffee. You know, with that full caffeine or drink it, you know, an espresso and go, wow, yeah, it's all great. <laughs> but if you do it all the time, it's kind of like uh, to eat your coffee, and you know, you're not going. And I'd say the land is kind of similar. I mean, the first time you fertilized it, added, you know, had I say, uh, extra, you know, touch to it, it was, you know, supercharged. But then we depleted what really wasn't understood in sort of killing what certainly wasn't understood because we thought we knew better. And you know, now we've, we've got to get back to that base. We've got to kind of cut the inputs, but it's challenging because it, and yes, I have a lot of passion, which is why I just, I never stopped talking about it. ODBC goes after us. We go after things. We try to go after the solution. We don't want to just address the symptoms. Like what is, what can we address at the, at the core so that, and we're not just putting a bandaid on something. We're giving you a solution that's really going to take you forward. Yeah. And all the solutions that we build and we, we build them the last because. Sustainability is also, is longevity. You now, things that have planned obsolescence or, or a, a fixed shelf life or a fixed use life, that's great for uh, you know, certain business models, but it's, it's bad for uh, resource utilization. It's bad for your pocketbook. I mean, in a lot of ways, things are good for your pocketbook are also good for uh, sustainability. And in regenerative agriculture, it's kind of similar. You pay more for grass-fed, grass-finished you pay more for regeneratively grown. And by the way, Vital Eggs is probably one of the only brands that I know of across the nation that is actually pasture-raised and you can will taste the difference. Are- oh,
0: you can see the difference, too. You can see the difference. I buy those eggs and the yolks are more yellow. And also, I had a farmer tell me once that you can tell whether or not the chickens have gotten good feed by how hard it is to crack the shell. If the shell is really hard to crack, like it is in those Vital yeah. Eggs, they've had a lot of calcium from the feed around the farm. And it's, it's amazing. You know, I have a little place here, everything's all organic, but if you look around my yards, there's a whole ecosystem here. I have 15 baby caterpillars on the milkweed outside my living room here. And there's, there's worms have come. Um, There's, Birds have come, butterflies have come, there's bees everywhere. And like you were saying, the ecosystem, when one thing when when the mildew grows, then something will come and get rid of it, right? It's if you leave it alone and just treat it with love and kindness and give it some water, <laughs> you know, yeah, then it's it's amazing. But I think I'm so happy that you're doing this because for so many years, I personally was very concerned about this, and and I think. I'm grateful that you have the means and you have the heart to do this because it's so important. You were an executive producer on kiss the ground, but you took the time and have made the effort to stay with it and be on the board and really spend a lot of time, which you don't have a lot of extra time you're running a major corporation, but I just want to say,
1: thank you. I worry about, I mean, this is also our freedom. I mean, we get to a point where we have to depend on artificial means to I say that to, to try to keep things from go past the tipping point, we're in big trouble because now we're at the whims so of forces beyond our control. And again, regenerative agriculture is disrupted because it, when you really look at the math and look at the impact, we don't need any of this stuff. We really don't. And it also impacts and this is our food system is, you know, pretty messed up. We're paying for we're paying for the same vegetables we were paying for, you know, 30 years ago, but they have Maybe it's a third less, maybe it's half the nutritional density that they did 30 years ago because of what they're grown in. We're not getting what we you know think we're paying for. Even if they look the same and, and taste basically the same. Even with organic, organic is grown in soil that isn't necessarily as alive and diverse as soil that's regenerative. It's you know, there's there's all these balancing you know, points, but the medical end, if you look at doctors and all, you look at Look at obesity in this country. Like, why is you know why do we have all these issues? Our food pyramid has been totally screwed up. Our food industry is really messed up. I mean, the things that we're told we shouldn't eat I actually have things in balance. I mean, it's it's everything is upside down and, and backwards. And it's the good news is we can, we can go the other direction. But you spend a little bit more on Vital Eggs and and other you know regen and organic. And organic is I still say it's still going to be much better than. And the, uh, the, the most conventional, unless you go to a farm and know where it's being grown, right. you know, there's a balance. I mean, not all regenerative is fully organic because it's a transition. Things weren't bad. I mean, really the last 30, 40 years where we've really screwed things up badly because they engineered things so that suddenly you go from just a little bit, to, you know, it's pounds per oh. uh, you know, per person in the U.S. Yeah. Of these different chemicals that are used today. And it was not even, it was not measurable. Now, on a per you know capita basis, at anywhere near anywhere near that kind of level, if you go back a few decades, but the uh, from an from a cost impact, when you buy good food, and you take the time to make sure you're getting that, you spend more on that, and you spend less on medical, you spend less on other things that ultimately are symptoms that you're just told to expect in this modern world. Regenerative agriculture in general. Solve so many things, and it's not just the produce; it's the animals. And you know, when we villainize animals, we cannot have a proper ecosystem without the animals being a part of it. No, we can't. And it's The circle of life. It's how it's done today. What was healthy 30 years ago isn't healthy today because of just how it's it's grown and the stuff. It's just it's out of control. So power back to the farmers. Then is good for the farmers. It's healthier for the farmers, and it's so much healthier and better. For us, what ends up coming from these farmers, charity water is another thing I'm big on because this is an organization that helps bring water to people who do not have local water in their village and are otherwise struggling to bring water in. From a distance is usually contaminated and makes them sick. You bring people clean water, give them the to have clean water within their within their community. It means they're not getting sick, and they have all those hours back to actually become productive, educate, produce do things that, that support that community versus just trying to get by it's a solution i mean bringing somebody water do, is not the same as giving them a water source if you care about local water do you care about farmers do you care about people if you care about coastal health you are you worried about you know hey irrigation's a problem because we have you now our declining uh, water sources all these all these different things are wells and such whatever you care about Almost whatever you care about, nutritionally or health or, or water, environment, the bees, the insects, butterflies, grass-fed, grass-finished, pasture-raised animals, free-raised animals. You know, it's a, it's a stark contrast to a, a feedlot and the nutritional value and just the health difference in that meat versus that feedlot stuff. There's
0: a lot of food in Europe when I go over there. Food from America, a lot of it's illegal in for example, in Berlin where I go, we have illegal food here because there's so many additives and so many things that have changed the food from what it really should be. But that's a whole other conversation.
1: It's disappointing. I love this country. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, one lobby gets this pass, one lobby gets that passed. It's it's crazy. I mean, I used to scoff at your and you know, the stuff that you know they said they were saying no to. And you're right, it's literally illegal. This is not allowed over here. The big chemical companies said hey you know we can we can make these plans you know take a lot more inputs and we can amp it up that way and unfortunately that's where a lot of it went
0: we have to talk about this again because we're not done with this common ground is coming out am i going to have to call you again in a few days and find out more about that
1: yeah well actually i'll be happy to share i mean kiss the ground uh, you know, kiss the ground.org of course will be promoting it. it it's good stuff it's another again great leap forward and and, and sharing it's got Got great people in it. It's another uh, you know, great leap forward in terms of you know making it really easy to understand, you know, just what kind of impact properly grown foods, and animals have on our health, as well as just how messed up our systems become in terms of protecting and advancing and, and keeping these institutionalized production paths, regardless of whether it made sense or there was a purpose at one point in time to industrialize the way that we did, the dams we do to our planet to our health, the future that we want to leave to our kids and, you know, all the children of this you know, generation. It's insane. And I don't think people have done this with you know, bad intentions. I mean, when you sit people down in a room and talk to politicians, I mean, it's, you know, regardless of which side of the fence you're on or they're on, most politicians, I mean, they are people. They're like you and, you and me. And where we get this, this big polarization is really the lobbies that mm-hmm. will Highlight one extreme point and another extreme point and force us a, aside. issue, you make the story about the extreme, mm-hmm. so you don't talk about what's in the middle. Mm-hmm. And what we're led to believe is certainly not, you know, the uh, positions that most have, but you're forced. I mean, it's not, you, you can't have a conversation about green energy unless you're one extreme or the other. Not. These things that, you know, that they fight about aren't even in the realm of reality, but that's what, I mean, that's what's been elevated because it prevents progress. It prevents. Yeah, focus on the, the real bits, and it takes the eye off the ball because again, regenerative agriculture, or I should say agriculture, what we do in agriculture, even in commercial fishing, far, 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 far more impactful than you know what we do uh, you know with carbon based fuel. What have we done wrong here that you now we're worried about this incremental stuff? What have we done to the systems that are designed to actually deal with that kind of surge? You now, agriculture is important. You know, our our oceans are important.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I took a sunflower from uh, a bouquet and I took the seeds off of it. And while I'm taking the seeds off of it, because I thought I would plant it in the garden, I thought, I wonder if these are sterile seeds or if they're oh, seeds yeah. that can grow. And uh, so I'm going to find out. But Larry, I this is a perfect example. You are a perfect example of someone who can take what they have and help share it. On something that's very important to the rest of the world, and we really appreciate it.
1: As long as we get the, as long as things get to move forward, and I mean that's the most important yeah. thing. And yeah, if I yeah, it's it's important to me. And in everything that we do, and what OWC does, I mean, we're there for people. Numbers are nice, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what you know, I get up in the morning to do is try to make a difference for people around me, my family, and, and everybody's honestly, everybody's families It's not just about. Us, it's about all of us and what good can we do in the world today. And uh, OWC gives me a great opportunity to uh, get to talk about this stuff, but also, for lack of a better way of putting it, produce solutions that I also believe you know, make a positive impact on you know, what people do and enable their creativity. Yeah. Let them do the things that you know, they're destined and are certainly able and and, and wish to do. And I, I hope do more good themselves, so it's we're, we're just the we're a tool for all practical purposes, but it's you know really about you know doing no harm and and providing you know people with the best solutions and going after the best solutions so that you know, each day is another great day to look forward to, and it really is. Again, I, like I said earlier. I mean, there's such we have great abundance in this world. We just need to make sure that we don't squander it. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. That's, thank you. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you we're definitely going to continue this conversation we're going to dive deeper into all of these issues more about the new equipment also more about regenerative agriculture about water about fishing about farming all of that and i'm going to have tim standing on very soon to talk about soft raid you guys go check out farshid tabrisi's interviews about some of the solutions that have come from there and This interview with Larry is very important for two reasons. Number one, because this equipment has made my life much easier as a creative slash technologist. And also, I've discovered that Larry O'Connor and I have a lot in common when it comes to our wishes for all the best in the world. And Larry, thank you for taking the time to come on here. And thank you for sponsoring OWC Radio so that we can talk to great people all the time. And remember, everybody listening, remember what I tell you, get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. He's Larry O'Connor. I'm Serena Catania, and you have been listening to OWC Radio.